The following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. What is up, everybody? Happy Wednesday to you all, and welcome to the discussion day here at the Two Point Conversation, one of our few remaining episodes we still have going alive and kicking. I am with Derek Jaws, who is uh, recording live from his vehicle. What's up, Jaws? How you doing, buddy? Hey, buddy. What's going on? Nothing. Nothing. Easy Tuesday. Easy Tuesday recording day here. So, oh, um, gotta love that easy living, right? Yeah. Dude, cut. Yeah, it's so nice cutting back. So nice cutting back. Uh, all the time in the world. All the time in the world. <laughs> Actually, have time to enjoy when you get to do it, right? Yeah. Oh, dude, it's great. I got time for video games now. I got time to clean stuff. I don't got to run around like a chicken with my head cut off. Life is good. Life is good. Fantastic. I love that for you. You deserve it. <laughs> Thank you. Um, all right, so we are coming off the heels of week four, another wacky and wild week of NFL action. Uh, you know, I, I still think there's a ton of uncertainty when, when it comes to betting, not net ball, I guess, betting, uh, making picks for NFL games. But, uh, Josh, let's start off with you for our week four takeaways. Uh, week four takeaways. I'll tell you what, man, I I really believe we thought for the longest time that there was some real serious distance between your upper echelon teams and your uh, even the middle of the road teams. And I will tell you straight up, I think we might have been a little off base. I think there's one, maybe two teams that are really head and shoulders above everybody. And the rest of the the rest of the pool is pretty it's not shallow, but it's very close. It's a tightly packed community pool, if you will. Uh, I think showing what they've done with a depleted roster, it's hard to say the Bills aren't that upper echelon team. And that's not me trying to be a homer. Any team that, I mean, we're, we're talking the Dolphins. There was a one-score game and half the defense is out. The winning a, winning a comeback in a one-score game with a still depleted roster against the Ravens. Two teams that I'm told are top-tier squads. And they're finding a way to keep it close and get it done in one of the two games and almost get it done in the other one. Uh, and I, the other one is the Eagles, man. We talked about them last week. Holy Christ. These guys are playing on a different level and I am living for it. Um, I'm excited to see if, if and how the Jags can keep this, this pace that they've got going up and you know what that starts to look like. But, I mean, there was a minute there where it started to look like it was going to be an ugly, ugly day for the Eagles. And, but, man, you, come on, you you guys have the right of way here. Sorry, people don't know how to drive. And it irritates <laughs> the crap out of me. Yeah, those Eagles are, uh, they're, some, they're, they're fun to watch. I'm excited for them. Excited for Coach Sirianni. 
of course, like we said last week, a uh, Western New York boy and a uh, former Colt uh, offensive coordinator. I can tell you very positively that I miss him very much uh, for our squad. But yeah, they look great. They uh, they we I don't think we knew there was going to be a clear cut standout person like team in the NFC, but. Um, but yeah, the Eagles are are proving that week in and week out. The Jags did make it interesting, though. I will give them credit, uh, a lot of credit. But uh, no revenge game, no revenge game for uh, for Doug Peterson this year. He lost to Carson and he lost to uh, lost to his Eagles. So, um, yeah, looking around the NFL, I was looking up some statistics and and everything. Man, this Lions team is just breaking my heart. Week in, week out, breaking my heart. They're fun. They're the most fun NFL team I think right now. Um, oh, without question, that that team is fun to watch, top to bottom across the board. And even the fact that they couldn't stop a nosebleed, still fun to watch. Oh, for sure. I was just looking up the rankings. They're number one, uh, number one scoring offense. I think they're the number one offense in in, in almost every category, uh, to my understanding. Like just just points, yards per game, et cetera. Uh, but their defense is ranked dead last. And obviously that's been a big, you know, a big just crux uh for them if you're not being able to, to be where I think that they should be. Uh, I want to see that team turn around. Obviously, next year is probably gonna be a big defensive heavy uh deal, but uh, I did I I I love the Lions. They're my sympathetic team right now. Uh, they're like that kind of team that you know, you just you just want to see really good. It goes out in phases. Uh, every now and then, you know, it comes and goes in phases. But Detroit is kind of where it's at right now. And yeah, that offense is fun. They're and they did it all. I mean, this past week they did it without uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, which I think is a huge credit to where that offense is. Uh, well, I mean, they did it without St. Brown. They did it without Swift. I mean, you yeah. want to talk about a team a team getting it done with a depleted roster? Your top two offensive weapons didn't play in that game. Yeah. Like, I hard to argue with it. I mean, that's that's just one of those things that you got to look at and be like, all right, okay. And, right. Uh, Not a whole lot you can do about that. No. And like I said, I mean, when, when I, I know when we did our divisional preview of this division, uh, I basically said Detroit built their team up to say, we're going to get young, talented weapons. We've got a quarterback to hold it all together for for a minute, and then we'll spend a couple of years building our defense and probably pick our quarterback of the future in the process. So, I mean, the offense is built. They're they're halfway they're halfway home. Step two, start building the defense, and you know, then the the final the final piece is find find your next quarterback because Jared Goff is a very good, probably elite bridge quarterback like a guy to get you through to the next step oh for I, sure that's your boy right there yeah I, I i love what golf's done for the lions i know people are up and down on him but um i i think he's been sufficient and i honestly i mean jesus what if 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 you if this lions team had an actual defense i don't think there'd be any complaints uh as far as what he can do what he's been able to do he's been asked to do a lot he's been asked to put the team on his back in in many ways so Want to give a you lot know, of he, he spent so much time on the Lions. I wish like a real team with a full a full complement would pick him up like like the Rams and so he could really go and shine. Oh wait, that's that's the guy that was there before him, my bad. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, the Rams, man. I don't know what's going on with them. They looked real that's, bad last night. Yeah, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. I now, mean, uh, they they always look bad in San Francisco. They yeah. haven't won. It's some disgusting statistic. Like they haven't won there in. I think it's nine games now. Regular yeah, well, like, regular season. Regular season. The last nine games, San Fran has beat the Rams. I think that's the stat. Yeah, and they haven't. They haven't won in San Francisco in six years or something crazy like that. Like, it's just like you look at the Rams team and you look at San Francisco and San Francisco has been like a squeak in and make a run team. And the Rams have been the holy crap. Look at the Rams. Like this is the team that with Jared Goff, the, you know, the quarterback they shipped out to win a Super Bowl. Yeah. Stood stood toe to toe on Monday night football in like a 54 to 51 barn burner. Like this, this team was on the same plane with some of the other offenses out there, and San Fran's just like, all right, fam, bet let's let's play <laughs> every time, every time. Yeah, good for them, um, and they've had some rough years too. So good on them for uh, you know being able to pull that off. But yeah, the Rams Super Bowl hangover is in full effect. Um, but hey, at least they got one. So kudos to them. I uh, wanted to give a uh, little shout out to the Pats uh, and their backup third string um, quarterback who eh, he looked all right. He didn't look like he didn't look terrible uh, in spite of everything. He held his own against the Packers defense and uh, almost almost walked away with a win. Um, was it that Zap kid? I think he was taken like the sixth or seventh round this past year. Not saying that Mac Jones is any competition, but it was, it's always good to see a, a third stringer kind of come up and step into it and, and do what you got to do. Absolutely. I mean, that's that's a tough spot for any team to be in and to come out and, you know, to, to come out and play the way they played with Mac. And that, that's just, that is, that's a tip of the cap to, to that team and just coming out and doing a job. Yeah. No, it, that's uh, Bill Belichick does. He has his guys prepared. So, um, so good on that. Uh, and last point, I, I seen this earlier. Uh, on, I seen a, a, a snapshot of it on Twitter. Uh, LaShawn McCoy calling Kyler Murray a trash car, uh, a trash quarterback. <laughs> calling Kyler Murray a trash quarterback. The funniest thing I've seen. Um, I love it. Uh, I love, I mean, I don't love it, but I love when guys get paid, but I also love when guys bitch about pay and then just fall off a cliff. And that's exactly what Kyler Murray has done. I agree. And that, like, for me, that's one of those things, like, what what had Kyler really done to deserve that pay? I get it. Go out, get your back. But, like, you went out and bitched about money and bitched about pay and wanted to be paid, like, a, a top-tier quarterback. I haven't seen it. Right. I mean, like especially based on the fact that your statistics take a severe shit in two instances. When D hops not on the field with you, your statistics take a crap. And when the new Call of Duty comes out, they get even worse. Double XP if weekends, those two man. things happen at the same time, like come on. Well, what did you pay the dude for? To be average? Great. Awesome. It's... I'm glad like, and that's that's why Arizona's kind of a dumpster fire right now. Yeah. Oh wait, I'm pretty sure I'm having deja vu. I'm driving past the same exact apartment complex the first time we did this, and I said the Cardinals suck. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not great there in uh, in Arizona. Not not uh, happening the way that I thought, but or actually, it is kind of happening the way that I thought. Weird. Hey, that's what happens when you're a noisy team in the off season. 
Um, anything else you want to add to your week four takeaways, my friend, before I move on to the discussion topic, numero dos? Um, no, I think we're good for now. I think I'll come to my other points as we, uh, as we move along here. All right. Next up, we're going to talk about Kenny Pickett stepping in for Mitch Trubisky. They finally had enough, right? I don't think it was injury related. I think they were just like, yep, Kenny Pickett go in there and do something. Um, and, uh, he sparked some life into the Pittsburgh Steelers offense, What'd you think of it? And uh, how do you think he'll fare throughout the rest of the season? I, I need a little bit more of a, uh, a sample size, if you will. Yeah. Solely based on the fact that I have, I have a very distinct uh, theory about NFL and backup quarterbacks and the amount of times that you see guys come in, be it because of injury or be it because of poor play and they come out and they, they do really well. And it doesn't matter if it's a rookie, some unnamed guy, uh, or, you know, a starter that lost his job along the way. I, I want to say there was a point where Marcus Mariota kind of fit into this category. Uh, his Maybe it was his last year in Tennessee, or his maybe he got some time when he went over to the Raiders, and he, you know, he flashed a little bit. People were like, oh, maybe there's a QB controversy. And then he came out and played the next week, and he got his shit pushed in. Right. Like, when you plan for a certain style of play by a certain quarterback and he, and that quarterback doesn't do well. And then you change quarterbacks and there's a little bit, not that Mitch Trubisky isn't athletic, but he's not the young athletic rookie that Kenny Pickett is, you know, and they, I'm sure they have a, a little bit, if not a significant style difference and just the way they read and see the field. So hey, he sparks some life. The, the game plan for Mitch Trubisky didn't work well against Kenny Pickett. Didn't work. Uh, not that Kenny Pickett lit the world on fire by any means, but he did well for all, like, all things considered. He did well. He did better than Mitch. Uh, give me a two to three week sample size where NFL defenses get to watch you on tape, watch your process and watch how you do things. And we'll find out if Kenny Pickett's the real deal. Right. No, uh, I mean, as far yeah. as I'm concerned though, you know, as far as I'm concerned, I'm probably getting my backup quarterback in Buffalo next year in Mitch Trubisky, or he's going to go try to start in New York, one of the two. Either way, <laughs> I'm good with it, and uh, I really hope Kenny Pickett works out. I do like the Steelers. They're an AFC team I have to worry about. So I really do hope it works. I, I do think they moved on from Mitch. I think that's that's the all, that was the all she wrote category there yeah and i think uh i don't think they were wrong because i i think you, you can't and I've, I've said this before you can't play try not to lose football and expect to keep a job when there's somebody vying for your job and that's exactly what happened here they just playing not to lose they weren't winning football games because of it and they have a rookie that they wanted to see what he looked like and if so facto he go yeah no no doubt uh i mean i think we were all rooting for mitch trubisky to, to kind of find some success there and he was really excited to take things under that you know just just go and 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 run with this thing it's a second opportunity uh to be qb1 in the nfl uh but yeah it had fallen flat i mean aside from our good friend boyd's you know <laughs> outburst in the group chat uh you know looking just looking at it the way you know the, just just watching the games it's uh you know it was painfully evident that something needed to change. Uh, Mitch is not you know 
sophomore year uh, Mitch Trubisky was great helped the Bears win the division electric exciting uh something something was off something was definitely off it wasn't working but Pickett made uh you know he made some things exciting he he rushed in for two touchdowns he threw for three interceptions um trying to make things happen against the Jets but uh I'd like to see a little bit like you said I'd like to see a couple more weeks um him with first team reps but I think the potential is there. I don't know. I just uh, like the Steelers have been just flat for me this year, right? There's a certain aura, uh, certain energy, I guess, that teams kind of give off. And it's Pittsburgh's just been kind of floating there, um, just kind of floating around in, in the NFL, not knowing exactly what their identity is. So for me to see Kenny Pickett come out there and the team is rallying behind them and getting, you know, getting invested and getting hyped up. I think it's a good sign. You know, unfortunately it came with a loss to the Jets, which is not something you ever want to really um, have to go through. I think that what are the Jets now? I think two, they're probably what, 500, two and two at the moment, really close to being three and one, which is insane to think uh, about. I thought they were one and three, but I could be wrong. Oh, maybe they're two and two. No, cause, oh, they beat the Browns. They snuck one out on the Browns. That's what it was. Yeah. Beat the Browns okay. in Pittsburgh, right. um, and I lost to the Ravens and somebody else last week. I can't or the previous week. I can't remember. But um, but regardless, I mean, yeah, I, I think we all kind of figure that Mitch might be a stopgap, right? I think maybe we hoped for it um, that he would be a long term answer. He found a second home, but unfortunately, that doesn't happen for a lot of people. Um, Pittsburgh needed something. Uh, the big question is now is can Kenny Pickett get this team, you know, if he's going to be the de facto guy, can he get this uh, team up to snuff and, and help make, uh, and help make, you know, keep Mike Tomlin's over 500 record, 500 or better record um, still afloat. So time will tell. Uh, I know that he's got a very tough task ahead of him, but uh, like Boyd said, I'm, uh, I'm actually really excited uh, that he gets this opportunity. It's a nice learning curve for him to go up against the, this coveted bills defense, I think, you know, win, lose, or, or tie, he's going to take something away from the game. And and there's no better defense right now that you probably can play aside from the bills. There's a lot to go with. And, and when it comes to film study post game, uh, there's, there's a lot of good that can come from this. Absolutely. And I mean, that's we're we're talking about a bills defense that when it wasn't as good as it is this year, it, you know, we're, we're talking about the, the defense and the coaches and the scheme that made a, a, a young quarterback tell his coaches he was seeing ghosts. So it's it's definitely a trial by fire. Now, again, it's still not 100%. They look to be get the Bills look to be getting some guys back from uh, from the injury bug, but still not going to be completely what they were. But still, yeah, it's it's going to be a great test. And I think this is going to go a long way. I mean, if he comes out and lights the Bills up in a way that Lamar didn't and Tua didn't, it's going to say a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, hey, there's film on him now. So if the Bills defense, I mean, Pittsburgh has its own structural, just core uh, issues, right? It's, tra- it's offensive line isn't all that great. It's defense is banged up. Um, it has its own issues. But, yeah, if a guy, if, and of course, a big if, if Kenny Pick can go out there and, and make things happen, uh, that is a, a good sign going forward at, I still remember a, a very young, big Ben Roethlisberger from 2004, uh, his rookie year. And he ended up beating the Patriots that year. He led the the Steelers past the Patriots in the regular season. 
Um, the 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 yeah. final the, the playoff game result wasn't the same, but this was a, a game that really made Big Ben. Uh, and I would definitely equate the Bills' level of talent and dominance over the last couple of years to, you know, almost to what the Patriots were at least uh, as far as you know. It's a it's it's a team where if you get you could pull off a W against them, they'll take you seriously. So. Um, it's sure. an excellent, it's an excellent opportunity for Kenny Pickett to pull, to, to pull it off. Um, uh, but, uh, I, you know, I think this is a lot better. I, I'm more excited about this than I think I was, uh, Mason Rudolph. Absolutely. And the, the other thing is, and this is my last piece on this, um, you know, you, you said it, you said it yourself, you know, he ran to trying to something happen. That's a big deal to me. I mean, that, that, that sounds like what I used to talk about Josh Allen. You know, you, you look back to, to Allen's first playoff game against the Texans. What was he doing trying to pitch that ball? You got to be kidding me. He's trying to win a ball game. Uh, you got you to gotta be trying to win. You got to be going out there and putting it on the line to try to take the W. And you're going to make mistakes. You're going to turn the ball over. You're going to throw interceptions. You're going to put the ball on the ground. But you're also going to win ball games because you're, you're playing to win. You know, and again, we, I think it's the exact opposite of what I said about Mitch at the start, playing not to lose versus trying to win the game. Yeah. That's, a, that's a Brett Favre mentality. Not that we want to bring his dumb ass up right now, but <laughs> it's just one of those things. You, you got you to gotta try to make the plays. You can't – I mean, this has been, you know, my personal knock on Tyrod Taylor for a long time was, you know, he was – he didn't turn the ball over. Okay, but he also didn't take chances. He didn't – try to make plays that could put a game away or, you know, that could tear a game wide open. Right. Eventually, if you put enough around him and the kid is actually talented enough, you know, you're, you want him to make plays. You want him to take those chances. And the only way he can do that is by doing it. So I'm on board. I, I want to see what the kid's got. No, I agree. I'm all the way here for it. Uh, you know, I'm always, I always look for fun rookie success stories. So um, best of luck, Mr. Kenny Pickett. You know, I, I know our boy Boyd is very excited. He's been clamoring for him to start. So we shall see how that all transpires. Um, all right. Discussion topic number three. Tua's disgusting concussionist incident this past week. Uh, last Thursday night. Foot, uh, last Yeah, last Thursday night. Uh, Thursday night football. It was uh, it was scary. It was gross. He got slammed to the ground. Looked like the back of his head smacked the turf. And he started like convulsing his fingers locked up and, and, and flexed. It was very, I can only watch it once and I can barely watch it. Um, it was really hard to stomach. Uh, what should come from this? Right. Cause obviously, you know, you brought it up. Many other people brought it up that, that he probably shouldn't have come back into the game against Buffalo in week three. Um, but is I mean, what should come from this? And is the Dolphin season now in trouble? So let me let me set a stage for you here. Let me paint you a word picture. There I am, sitting on my comfy ass couch, sipping some whiskey, watching the Bengals play the Dolphins with my buddy Rotten Jack of Common Debauchery Lore, who is a big, 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 big Bengals fan. And there's me hanging out doing, you know, just doing Jaws things and, hate, you know, trying not to hate on Tua. And really, let's be honest, I hate on Tua probably more than I should. But 
we're talking yeah. about the concussion and the sorry the quote-unquote back injury from two Sundays ago and Rod Jack was a paramedic on an ambulance for quite a while after his time in the military so he's telling me he goes you know I saw that and it's it's one of those things like there's no way there's just no chance that that was injury or legal injury or anything of sort and Really, I hope that Tua doesn't take one more hit in this game because if he does, he's going to be in real trouble. And wouldn't you know what can happen? And here's the thing. I've played football for a long time. I've been in the combat arts for a while. Uh, I have seen people have their bell rung. I have had my bell rung. I've rung a bell or two in my day. I can do that I've seen one person have that reaction with their hands, that, that fletching reaction or fencing reaction, whatever the hell they called it, where and, and really what it was was the hands went stiff and out and then stiff and in. And the only person I know for a fact that I have witnessed in person having an, a reaction like that was a guy that at a party, I punched in the mouth and I punched him so damn hard, I knocked his ass out. Gave him a bleed on the brain and a short-term, uh, a grade three concussion coupled with short-term memory loss. He was not the same human being for six months or more after that event. Like there were times you talked to him, the lights were on and nobody's home. And he hadn't had a concussion four days prior. Rotten Jack told me the story that when they were in training to show them this phenomenon, the only video they had to train paramedics on an ambulance in this phenomenon was a guy who got a gun past the initial search upon being arrested who shot himself in the head. That is the level of trauma that causes that reaction from the human body. What does that tell me? Well, he probably got it. He probably got his tits lit. But then you watch the actual hit and stop it before the reaction. That hit doesn't garner that response. That was, he, yeah, did he get whipped down hard? Yes. Did his head ricochet off the ground? Not really. Nowhere near what it looked like it did the week before. That that hit alone, I don't think, causes that type of neurological, phys, physically or neurologically driven physical response. Maybe close. Maybe rings his bell. Maybe puts him in concussion protocol. If he hadn't gotten hit the way, if he hadn't had the issue the week before. Now, what should happen? Step one, they already did it. The quote-unquote independent doctor got fired. Great. You better hope that dude didn't get paid by somebody. You better hope the Dolphins had nothing to do with this. Because even if they didn't, they all deserve to be fired too. From the coach to the GM to everybody who put anybody in place. Because you know what? If that guy looks and said, ah, you know what? I think he's fine. He says it's a back problem. Well, Okay, what about your own team? What about your own trainers? What about your own medical staff? Somebody should have looked and been like, no, 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 no. We need to check this guy out a little bit better. But they didn't. And then the coaches could have went, are you guys sure? Like that dude, I mean, he bumped his head pretty hard, and I saw him doing the stanky leg for a minute. But they didn't either. So one of two things happened. Either the independent neurological jackass said, nah, he's good, and they went, okay, doc, and just believed it. Or he believed Tua saying it was a back problem 
And I don't think Tua was the one that said it was a back problem. I think Tua was like, hey, man, how's your head feel? Can you see straight? You got a headache? You got like, no, okay. Listen, when you go in there, tell them, it, tell them like it was your back from that sneak. Because that sneak did look pretty pretty dangerous. I'm not going to lie. I, I, I said it when I saw it that Tua got bent back. But the coaches had a duty to step in. The trainers or they were part of the problem and nothing in between. They should all be fired, and at least two people should end up with criminal charges, like criminally negligent, like attempted murder, for fuck's sake. I have all the feelings on this, and I'm sorry that I just rambled for 20 minutes. Oh, dude, it gives a, you know, it's, it's, it's a perfectly fine explanation, um, you know, for this specific topic, because it is scary. Like it, it literally made me sick to my stomach. I hate watching players get hurt. I know football is what it is and all these, you know, updated safety protocols. Um, the Colts might be a competent team if my quarterback didn't get hurt all the time. Um, I miss you, Andrew Luck. Uh, you know what I mean? It, it's it, like. It's it's so risky, but I mean a guy like Tua, like all the pressures put on him, right? It, it's 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 you know it's a part of the media. It's a part of all the the, the stuff that everybody talks about, right? Tua's got to do good this year, so he feels like he has to play hurt, and it's 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 a terrible kind of position to be put in. Um, I think he is talented. I thought he's been you know he, he's been let down. They think the Dolphins have given you know done a huge disservice to him prior to this injury and then now since this injury uh it's literally a risk of player safety there's a chance he could have been paralyzed or 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 something you know concussions are no are no joke i've had one or two never been don't tell that don't tell that to their coach he said it's just a concussion he's fine he'll probably play sunday now we know now that he's not but then jackass came out and said and i quote just a concussion He's going to be fine. He'll probably play on yeah. Sunday. Yeah. No, shut up and just stop talking. <laughs> they, right. gave, they, gave an, they gave an in-game synopsis of an interview of him coming out of the tunnel, and they said, hey, do you have any updates on Tua? And he goes, yeah, I caught him in the tunnel before they loaded him on the ambulance. And there were two things that really made me think, like, he's going to be okay on top of having movement in all his extremities was when I when I was no longer in his line of sight, he was calling out for me. And all he wanted to know was how we did on that play. Now, on the surface, okay, sure, great. The problem is you were the one who got hit and had the ball in your hand. The fact that you don't know what happened on that play tells me you're not okay. Like that, uh, coach, what happened? Bro, like, Great completion. Like, we got a first down. It was awesome. No, you had the ball in your hand. You got stacked and damn near died. The fact that I now have to, like, explain that to you because you don't recall hanging on to the football and finishing the play is a problem. Yeah. But here's this asshole in front of a microphone being like, no, he's good. He was asking me how the play went. The play went, you got hit, idiot. Shut up and go to the hospital. Oh. And, this, and all of this after the NFL has spent 10 years changing the game, taking out the, you, where you start on kickoffs is, you know, right in front of the line that you kick off from because they don't want 
running starts and human missiles flying down the field. They outlawed the wedge. Then they outlawed the two-man wedge because it was dangerous and high impact. And all these other things to the point that I had to watch Tom Brady get roughing the passer calls if you breathed near his helmet. But no, Tua, blatant injury, blatant concussion, blatant head trauma. Eh, it's a back. Then he damn near dies, and this asshole is allowed to be still A, employed, and B, in front of a fucking microphone, it's just a concussion, he'll be fine, you know, no big deal, he'll probably play Sunday, he was in good spirits laughing with us watching a, uh, watching a movie on the flight home. Like, you know you're not supposed to fly after, like, immediately after a concussion, right? You know you're not supposed to, like, travel and move around a ton, be in pressurized environments, all those weird things that the Dolphins did, you're not supposed to do. Yeah. Like... The level of incompetence, this entire the franchise should be sold and moved at this point. That's how fucking mad I am about this. I promise I'm done now. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it, it was pretty gross. It's it's the whole mishandling of it is it's it's hard to watch. It's hard to hard to bear. You know, these guys they worry about they they are concerned about the player's safety, right? Well, the, the players are concerned about their own safety. And the coaches don't have their best interest in mind, which is just, it just I don't know. It, it, everything's just so weird with, with how the NFL is, is, is managed and run, you know, and some, it's, they're so, they're so like good PR, right. Uh, you know, the cancer stuff and, and the, and the social justice stuff. And they just, they always find a, every time they take one step forward, they take two steps back with something. And, and obviously I'm not, I'm not saying that this is strictly the NFL's fault. Maybe they should have investigated a little bit sooner um, or, or did something a little bit sooner. This is obviously, but you know, it, these teams, these coaches, they represent what the NFL believes. And when you're trying to gain, get some kind I don't even know if you can call it a competitive advantage, but we just started trying to weave in and out of stuff and, and, and dodge the, the tough questions, dodge just, hey, to it, just chill out this week, all right? You know, just it's it's hard to buy their bullshit. Yeah. It really is. I don't know. I don't know. I seen so, on, uh Sorry. I was, no, you're Sorry good. I dominated that topic so hard. <laughs> oh, no, dude, I mean, it's a, it's a fine discussion topic. I mean, I don't know about them getting sold and uh, I don't know about them getting sold and, uh, you know, moved away from Miami. I don't know about all that, but you you do bring up good points that, that you know, there needs to be some even more heavy discipline um, maybe put on this team for just medical malpractice. It's uh, it's it's really sad. So our thoughts are with Tua. We hope he recovers. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was the talk of work uh, on Friday. That's for sure. Um, and all right. Yeah. Um, our final topic for today, we're going to just bring it down to four, um, topics today, but this one has, uh, multiple parts to it. Uh, it's the end of the quarter of the season, right? The, the quarter season awards that we like to, uh, discuss and, and, um, you know, bring up every four weeks or so, um, MVP coach of the quarter, comeback player of the quarter, biggest surprise team and most disappointing team. Uh, we're going to discuss here because it's it's kind of that time of the year. Um, Jaws, we'll go back and forth, and let's start off with our MVPs. You first. Uh, MVP for me, as much as I want to say Josh Allen, it's got to be Lamar. You know, he's 
he's shown incredible improvements in his passing game, which is everyone's big knock on him. He's still doing it with no weapons. He's he, like I, him and Josh both have more, more yards and more touchdowns than like 87% of the league teams do or something like that. Some, some disgusting category, but you know, he's just that guy that he's doing it with, with little, literally nothing. I, I, I like that answer a lot. I think, you know, Josh has proven, um, you know, Josh has proven to be a, a, a certainly a machine, but um, you know, to your point, not to a knock because this is the kind of environment you want to be around. Um, you have to, you know, you want to have weapons. And we've talked for a long time about how Baltimore has kind of starved out Lamar. You know, it's, it's literally him, Mark Andrews, Rashad Bateman. And, uh, you know, it, we're with in Buffalo's case, it's, it's Josh, it's Stefan, it's, um, well, I guess they're kind of thinning out too a little bit, right? Gabe Davis well, with, hasn't been the injuries, same. But Davis, McKenzie, Crowder, now like Crowder went down and they're, they're hosting like multiple other vets, that, like the, the conversation of Odell Beckham is back in. Uh, Shakir looked, you know, in his limited touches looked good. I, they, they're deep. You know, Kumro doesn't suck. I, they're deep. Kumro and Shakir could go to Baltimore and probably compete to be the number one. Right. No, probably. Um, I'm split between those two. They have Mahomes at five. Uh, at The odds right now, as of uh, 1030 this morning, Josh is in the front runner at plus 300. Mahomes at plus 500. Lamar at 550. And Jalen Hurts at 600. Uh, Justin Herbert at 1400 plus 1400 Hertz is putting together an interesting case. I mean, Mahomes is like, it's Mahomes. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I, I'm not. And he had, a, he's had some bad, some pretty bad games where Josh and Lamar have been pretty consistent throughout um, Lamar's faults are, you know, the, the Ravens faults are not Lamar's. Their defense is, you know, dropped the ball. A lot of bad coaching decisions, stuff like that. Um, I'm really split between those two. It's hard to say, but Josh, uh, Josh to me has looked more dominant as painful as me as it is for me to say it. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm kind of split. I think I'd have to go 50, 50. I don't think there's anything wrong with that either. Um, what about the coach? So I know they did the coach of the year award. Who would be your coach of the quarter? Um, this one, I'm going to be a homer and give it to McDermott because, again, you look at anybody who's dealing with the amount of injuries that the Bills have dealt with the last two weeks, going up against two top-tier offenses with pretty much, like, if you say, okay, there's 11 starting positions with the Bills the way they rotate on the D-line, they've probably had maybe six regular starters of 15 or 16 healthy. Right. And they're in games and winning like had had every opportunity to win against Miami and did come back and win against Baltimore. Again, two teams I'm told are very good in top 10 off or top top tier offenses. So it's got to be McDermott with the way he's kept the bills in it, despite getting hit by the injury bug in a way that we haven't been hit by, by the injury bug in whew, years. Yeah. That injury report, it's piling up. Um I'm going to go another route, though. I, I think, uh, I mean, I think you'd agree with this as well. Uh, as far as, uh, you know, teams doing really, really well for themselves, I'm going to give Nick Sirianni a lot of credit. I don't think, 
Uh, I don't think that people have given him a whole lot of credit. Uh, I think he deserves it. He's put the Eagles in a in a spot where, um, again, everybody just did. Everybody said that the the Eagles were overhyped, right? They came into this year. Eagles are overhyped. I seen it on the Facebook page, which just annoyed the fuck out of me. Um, there's a lot of Cowboys fans that, you know, that makes sense too. But, uh, der, Eagles are going to be irrelevant. Uh, and the Eagles are doing great. They're, uh, they're soaring. They're soaring like Eagles right now. I'm very happy for, you know, I'm just happy for the whole experience. They, you know, people, they went nine and seven last year or what, nine and eight. Was it? Maybe they went 10 and seven. Snuck into yeah. the postseason, uh, got beat up by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and they haven't lost any steam, which I love. A lot of these teams that sneak in, they they lose some steam, right? Something something happens, and they're just not the same. Uh, this Eagles team has gotten better. They made the right moves uh, between their general manager, the coach has their guys well, well, well prepared, uh, despite everything. I mean, it just I know Sirianni is you know he's he's the head coach, but I mean, just look at the, what their defense has been doing. Um, just locked down Justin Jefferson and, and they're winning high scoring affairs. It's, it's really cool to see. I think there is a case for McDermott, but I'm, I'm team Sirianni right now. No, and I agree with everything you said. I mean, that's spot on. It's pro- probably a one, a one B in my opinion. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, all right. Uh, third part of this, the comeback player of the quarter, right? So somebody who's returned from some type of injury or has just been kind of, irrelevant in the last couple of years and uh is 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 making some noise uh this for me it would probably would have been one of a couple other guys if not for the last couple like the last three weeks and what happened but it's got to be jimmy g here's a dude who i mean he didn't play did like he got hurt didn't practice with his team didn't oh. get reps with the ones didn't get reps with anybody really steps in after an injury and after not getting reps and still finds a way to go and you know Win. I mean, he's got two wins. The, the the loss was ugly, but still, it's it is what it is, you know. And he's he's going out. He's getting the job done. Sorry, somebody stepped in my car alarm. I, I didn't miss too much, did I? Uh, no, all I said was uh, basically Jimmy G. You know, just everything he went through and everything he had to deal with and not getting reps with the ones, and all of a sudden he comes out and he's 2-1 and one technically, coming out, getting the job done, and, you know, last night had the had the Niners looking pretty damn good. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, for a guy that was pretty much a castaway, I like that choice a lot. Um, this one's been difficult, um, you know, because C-Mac's having a good year. Saquon Barkley's having a really good year. I'm kind of inclined to go with, with, with Saquon, I'm not going to lie. Um, Hard not to. He's he's tearing it up. I thought he was – I thought he was – it was – I told everybody, I told everybody, just give it up on Saquon. Um, don't pick him, like, in fantasy football. He's injured every year, and, and for a while, you know, I did feel justified. This dude has f- almost 500 yards on the ground <laughs> this year. All right, two touchdowns, 
Unless maybe these, no, maybe it's 500 yards of total offense. I could be wrong. Um, let me look it up on ESPN. All right, 2020. No, he has, he has 463 yards on the ground this year, um, which is incredible, right? For a guy who he's well on track for a, right now he's on track for a, a I mean, listen, the first quarter, he's on track for a, a, maybe a 2,000-yard season, which is hella good, right? I mean, I hope he stays healthy and gets through it because um, eh, just people were just down on Saquon. He wasn't talked about. People, you know, including people like me, I'm happy to admit that I was, uh, that I was wrong in that instance. Um, but so far, so good. I would say C-Mac, but uh, once again, he's finding himself injured. He's just not performing well. Um, he's not connecting with Baker. Nobody's connecting with Baker Mayfield, to be honest with you. That all, uh, that whole situation is getting uglier and uglier by the day. I just seen the video, uh, last week about DJ Moore having some words about him because Baker says he's not getting open and, and DJ Moore is like, ah, whatever, whatever. Yeah. Uncouth. Prince, get off my court. Um, all right. Uh, number uh, part D, your biggest surprise team in a positive way. All right, I'm I'm going to do my best here to lump these together because I've gotten two back to back phone calls from somebody that probably shouldn't be calling me back to back times. So um, I'm going to go biggest surprise in a good way. I wrote the Dolphins off. I'm going to eat some crow. They are doing very well up to the whole concussion thing, um, you know, had a very real chance to go 4-0, had the injury not happened. Um, I got to give credit where credit's due there. And as far as disappointment, I mean, this is this is the year, and I, I think the Vikings are still going to show up on our, on our half stats and stats power rankings. This was supposed to be the year for them, and they're just muddling just muddling with nothing for no reason. Like there's no reason aside from Kirk Cousins that they should be a middle of the pack team. And that's just what they're going to be. And that's disappointing to me. Um, the other one would be the Broncos, but eh, you know, I've, I've, e- I've eaten Russ's cooking before. It's not that good. <laughs> yeah. As far as surprise, like positive surprise teams. Um, yeah. I mean, I, you know, I'm going to, I could probably go through a whole list, right? I think the Titans are surprisingly, um, in a good position, despite all the moves that they've made, losing some pieces. I know that the Bills waxed them a couple weeks ago, but they've actually played pretty good um, throughout this year. Uh, let's see, positive good ones. Uh, I'll give the Cowboys love. I mean, the Cowboys love because of the Dak Prescott injury. I'll give them that. Giants have looked pretty good. Jags would probably be my pick for the most surprising positive team. Um, they look like the team to beat in the AFC South right now. They've uh, competed very well. They're two and two on the year. And, um, you know, they've taken it to some really good teams so far. Uh, very proud of them. I expected the Dolphins to do pretty well. So that's why I'm going to leave that one out of it. But um, I had the Jags low end, like not really good. Maybe repeating top five draft pick and, you know, and yeah, that's stuff. Good one too. this year, I don't I, right now. I don't feel that way. I, I I legit think that they'll they'll probably sweep the Colts. It's it's there's a good chance they're playing very very good football. 
Um, disappointing team, man. There's a lot of that across the board. A lot of that. Um, one could say my Colts, but I'm not going to put them on that high of a pedestal um, to say that they were a bit disappointing. How about this Broncos team? Right. I know they're what three or two and two right now. This whole Russell Wilson trade experiment has, uh, has not been very good. Russell Wilson is just, he hasn't really elevated this team to where uh, I feel it needs to be. And I know we rag on Russell Wilson quite a bit, but um, eh, it's, it's painful stuff. Sometimes this Raiders team has been awesome, pretty disappointing as well. Uh, you know, coming off of a playoff appearance and they, uh, you get a new head coach, you get a bunch of new players, and the result is still the same. The team is just not panning out the way that it, it probably should. Uh, boy, looking across. I mean, that's kind of it. The Saints have been pretty disappointing uh, as as well. That'd probably be my my last team that I would elect to uh elect to choose for this uh for this segment, but there it is, everybody. We got through it. We lost Jaws about halfway through uh, that last portion of it. But, hey, came at a good time. We are wrapping this one up. Thank you so much for tuning in. And on behalf of Jaws and I, till next time, the two-point conversation is good.